Welcome to the Relatable Finance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joseph Carl and Shane Phillips. Welcome to this episode of Relatable Finance. Today, we thought we would discuss the economy as it continues to recover from the pandemic. We wanted to provide you with an idea of where things stand at the moment, go over the positives and negatives, and some of the challenges we are likely to face as things continue to evolve, and what all that means for asset markets. So really, when assessing the economy, you have to start by assessing the virus. Normally, this would not be the case, but given the best way to stop the virus is social distancing and other restrictions, which clearly have an impact on the economy, you have to start there. As we all know, new cases for the coronavirus have risen dramatically in recent months as a result of the Delta variant, which is believed to be more contagious than prior variants. And those cases are growing, especially here in Florida. While this is a concern, we don't think we'll need to go into another shutdown, primarily because many are vaccinated, many protocols are still in place, and people are still wearing masks, but it certainly is worth keeping an eye on. Absolutely. If working through the pandemic has shown us anything, it's that things can change very quickly. So while logic says we will not need a shutdown, we have to continue to watch and see how things evolve from here. But looking at things purely from an economic perspective, and what we mean by that is excluding the virus, one would have to say things are far better than many would have expected, and several aspects point to that. Yes, so a lot of these are pretty surprising. So first off, retail sales are about 20% above pre-pandemic levels. And given that our economy is roughly two-thirds consumer spending, that's a huge positive. Home sales, which have started to cool down a little bit recently, are still really strong as the low borrowing rates have fueled a lot of home purchases. Consumer confidence has rebounded nicely, almost as high as pre-pandemic levels, and CEO confidence recently hit an all-time high. And lastly, the stock market, which could be viewed as a leading indicator, has done well so far in 2021, continuing the strong recovery following the pandemic. All of this points to a relatively robust expansion up to this point. And while we and many expect the economy continue to grow from here, the strongest part of the recovery is likely behind us. Or said another way, more growth is expected, just not probably as fast as we have recovered so far. So what are some of the challenges that we are going to face from here? First off, that would be the transition from an economy that has recovered nicely, but thanks in large part to the stimulus from the federal government, to one that is being driven by the private sector. Without the government support, we simply would not be where we are today, but that can't last forever. We need to see the current economic expansion shift from one that's being driven by government support to economy that's operating on its own and driven by the private sector. And this kind of goes into one of the areas we mentioned earlier, which are the retail sales and consumer spending. While the economy is doing well, it definitely would not be doing as well if it wasn't for the government support, which is not going to be around forever. Also, keep in mind that as of this recording, we still have about 9.4 million people unemployed. And assuming things stay as they are at the moment, the enhanced unemployment benefits approved during the pandemic are set to expire in September. On the bright side of that, the number of jobs available recently came in at about 9.2 million and has risen substantially in recent months. This would suggest that we could see considerable improvements in the labor markets in the coming months as unemployed people start filling those openings. Great point, Shane. We also have government and Congress that is battling things out in Washington. President Biden and his administration has proposed a variety of initiatives, many of which are included in the American Jobs Plan and the Families First Plan. The intent here is really twofold. First off, it's to provide support in critical areas the government believes that we need, such as infrastructure spending and investments in renewable energy to help combat climate change. 
Second is to provide continuous support to individuals and families who need it most. This would include spending in areas such as health, childcare, assistance with secondary education and student loans, and assisting families with children. While there has been unprecedented stimulus up to this point, and as already highlighted, you could argue that we are currently ahead of schedule, we need to find a way to help the economy transition from one supported through government stimulus to one that is being driven by the private sector. We could debate the merits of these programs and their effectiveness economically, but two points come to mind when discussing these initiatives. The first one is that there is historical precedent to our country making major investments in our economy when faced with severe economic challenges. After the Great Depression, we had the New Deal. After World War II, we built the national highway system. Investments in infrastructure and clean energy are needed and can be effective ways to reinvest in our economy, make us more productive, and create needed jobs. The American Families Plan, one could argue, focuses more on lower income areas or whose monthly or daily budget is more overburdened by childcare or educational expenses. While we could debate the merits of that approach again, you could argue that those lower income individuals are more likely to turn around and spend that additional money. All of this is currently being debated in Congress as we are recording this, and what the final package will look like remains to be seen. But what comes to mind with that is a potential increase in taxes. We have, at some point, we have to pay for all this, and another focus of the Biden administration. Currently, they are proposing increasing some marginal income tax rates, higher corporate tax rates, changes to capital gains, among others. Another challenge is inflation. Recent inflationary data has been running much hotter than expected and hoped, and at the end of the day, high inflation is not good. And if infl high inflation continues to run hot, the Fed may feel inclined to provide less accommodation moving forward. When we look at inflation, for multiple reasons, we think that the recent inflation numbers are transitory or shorter term in nature, from supply chain disruptions to the pent up demand and a lot of stimulus. But it's certainly worth watching, as to a large extent, the pandemic is not yet over. So let's move on to what this means for asset markets. Through the end of July, the S&P 500 is up 17.99% and up over 100% since the lows of the pandemic in March of last year. Those are some really robust returns and prompts one to ask, can things continue at this pace? And the short answer is no, not forever. That doesn't mean we aren't pessimistic. It's just acknowledging that returns as of late have been very strong. At the end of the day, stock returns are a function of underlying corporate earnings and what investors will pay for those earnings. Currently, earnings have recovered very nicely from the pandemic. After being down about 22% in 2020, they've recovered in 2021 and are expected to increase by about 56% for the calendar year more than making up for the losses from last year. But another measure to take into consideration is the forward P.E. ratio. The forward P.E. ratio takes into consideration current stock market prices and divides them by next 12 months consistent analyst expectations for earnings. And this makes sense as the market is forward looking. Currently, the forward P.E. stands at around 21 and the 25 year average is around 16 and a half. This is a mean reverting measure, so we would expect it to revert back to the average at some point, but the big question is when? And there really has two ways for this to move back to the long-term average. Either stock prices decline, and they would need to decline by around 25% or so to be back to the long-term average on the Ford PE, or underlying earnings would need to grow even more than what is already expected, which at a 56% clip is already pretty strong. The question indeed is when? But let's go over some factors that could influence this, and one of those is bond yields. 
At the moment, bond yields are incredibly low, and those low yields are helping to support a strong stock market. One of the catalysts that could cause the forward PE to decline is higher bond yields, which is a possibility given that inflation is starting to heat up. Another way to approach this question is to assume for a moment that valuations, or in this case, the forward PE stays the same. That would mean stock market returns will need to be driven entirely by earnings, and this would really have to be the base case. At the moment, consensus earnings for 2022 calendar year is 9.7% growth, but again, much of that optimism is already priced into current stock market prices. In order for stocks to continue to move higher, we really need to see earnings pick up above that 9.7% number going forward. That could be considered a tall order, but is by no means impossible. Prior to the pandemic, we were optimistic on the economy, even though we were already in a very long economic expansion, and primarily due to advancements in technologies. We felt that these advancements would ultimately make us all more productive, allow the economy to better allocate resources, and that this could improve corporate profitability. And although we are starting a new economic expansion, you could argue that this theme of technology has been significantly accelerated due to the pandemic. How many people continue to work from home to this day? How much of your shopping do you do from home, which ultimately frees up time to do other things? At the end of the day, technology has the ability to shift the economy into a different gear. And given all the stimulus from the federal government, this could happen and ultimately lead to some pretty robust returns. But this begs the question, what would need to happen for us to have bad returns in the stock market? Well, there are a number of different varieties of bad returns, and it depends on the time frame you're referring to. Stock market declines of 10% or less tend to happen fairly often. Stock market declines in the 10 to 20% range would be considered a correction. Given where valuations are and the uncertainty as we transition from an economy driven by government stimulus to one driven by the private sector, one could argue we are overdue for a pullback or even a correction. But we would remind everyone that these tend to be short-lived and all types of pullbacks are difficult to time. The ones you want to avoid are the bear market. Bear markets are declines more than 20%. These tend to be longer periods of time and take longer to recover from. They also tend to occur as the economy is cooling and headed towards a recession. Historically, it has been difficult to time recessions with precision, but we would argue that this is not in the cards right now. Why? Well, the government has essentially pulled out all the stops to prevent the economy from entering a long recession during the pandemic, and all their efforts would be for naught if we had one right now. Policymakers have shown a willingness throughout the pandemic to put political differences aside and do what is needed to support the economy. And we would expect them to add additional stimulus if needed should the economy start to weaken. So to recap today's episode, the economy is doing very well at the moment, much better than many would have expected. But the primary factors that led to such a strong recovery is all of the government stimulus, which has been unprecedented. In order for the economy to continue to do well, we need to see it transition to one that can run on its own and driven by the private sector. From a stock market perspective, generally speaking, stocks are expensive based on a variety of metrics, which suggests that a great deal of optimism is priced in. That leaves the market vulnerable to a correction, but those are historically short-lived and difficult to time. The stock market declines you want to avoid are bear markets, which are declines of 20% or more. Those tend to last longer and cluster around recessions. Given that government did everything they could last year to prevent a severe recession, we do not expect a recession now. Should the economy weaken, we expect there to be additional stimulus down the road to support the economy. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable Finance. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at provwealth.com or check out our website at relatablefinancepodcast.com. Provenance Wealth Advisors is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. 
Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Provenance Wealth Advisors and Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Any opinions are those of Relatable Finance Podcast and PWA and not necessarily those of Raymond James. The information contained in this report does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. There is no assurance that any of the trends mentioned will continue or forecasts will occur. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but Raymond James does not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making an investment decision. It does not constitute a recommendation. Investment involves risk and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Diversification and asset allocation do not ensure a profit or protect against a loss. Investing involves risk and investors may incur a profit or loss. Raymond James does not provide tax or legal services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Future investment performance cannot be guaranteed and investment yields will fluctuate with market conditions. Any examples given in the podcast are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary.